Align with the Massage Business Mama comes to you with a combined 22 plus years experience in the massage biz as entrepreneurs, providing actionable tips and resources you can implement today. Becca, an off-grid living, quirky, trail-running massage therapist, esthetician, and yogi, offers her business and wellness perspective to you with highly caffeine-fueled, compassionate wit. Allie, your hard-working, driven, creative mom, massage therapist, business owner, lover of friend gatherings, all-time annual family talent show winner, brings her drive and business savvy to every episode. Our sponsor for this episode is me, Allie of the Massage Business Mama. During all of this COVID craziness, I have had to learn how to pivot my massage practice to stay relevant and swim, not sink. In making these tough decisions, I created a workbook to help myself make conscious and informed choices as to how to move forward. The workbook Massage Practice Reimagined, Redefining Your Massage Business After the COVID Crisis, is a 36-page interactive guide to help you move forward in a post-COVID landscape. It retails for $12, but for Align with the Massage Business Mama listeners, you can get it for $4.99. Go to www.alignwiththemassagebusinessmama.com to shop this workbook. At checkout, use coupon code PODCAST, all in caps, to get your discount. And please, let me know how the workbook helps you work through this crisis. Hi, and welcome back. Today, Allie and I are talking about appropriate post-care recommendations to offer clients and then some of our favorites. Thank you to one of our listeners, Madison, for prompting this conversation. Here's the question that sparked this episode. Madison wants to know, is it appropriate to recommend yoga as a way for clients to move and stretch their bodies at home after their massage? This is a great question. We love hearing from you guys, so please let us know if you have any topics or questions you'd like to hear in the future episodes. And you guys, feedback is always welcome. So hi, good morning, Allie. Hey, Becca. How's it going? (laughs) Oh, good. So good. I'm so glad to connect with you today. And are you ready to dive into this? I sure am. (laughs) So I kind of feel like this question opens up a whole Pandora's box of what is and what is not within our scope of practice and what we should and what we should not suggest for self-care options for our massage clients. The state's all differ a little in what they consider to be within our scope, which brings up a whole different discussion about national standards, which personally I'm in favor of, but that's for another episode. Um, My point with this is that the states have different viewpoints, and so it's super important to make sure that you understand what your state's guidelines are regarding this topic. When it comes to scope, it's always important to be mindful of the actual training that you received. So if you're not a nutritionist and you're advising food or supplements, you're working outside of your scope of practice. If you're not a personal trainer and you prescribe exercise or physical activity, you are working outside of your scope of practice. If you're not a mental health professional and you diagnose a client with multiple personality disorder, even if they have it, you're outside your scope. So um, if you have an interest in one of these areas, the beautiful thing about our 
culture right now with so much online learning is that you can easily fill these education gaps. Yeah, I I think you touch on a key point here also, Allie. We're not medical professionals and we absolutely do not diagnose or prescribe. Right. That is just something massage therapists don't know. We're part of our clients' wellness community and should refer to those that are experts in their field. So it would be like if you notice a suspicious blemish on your client's back and you yell at them, oh my God, you've got (laughs) cancer, you have to go get this removed immediately. That is absolutely ridiculous and we would never do that. But it would also be irresponsible to not let them know that you notice something that they might want to have looked at by a professional. It's the same with post-care. We're not yelling at our clients, stating that, you know, your rotator cuff is completely screwed and you need to do these exact exercises and go get surgery immediately. That would be a prescription. That would be a diagnosis. That would be outside of our scope of practice. Instead, it's more appropriate, right? If you say, you know, my, my yoga practice, uh, has really helped with, you know, whatever. And here's a studio that I like to go to, or with your symptoms you're describing, you might be benefit from seeing a physical therapist. Here's one that I like that I, you know, that I've worked with in the past or something like that. Yeah, exactly. There's ways to advocate for self-care between sessions without overstepping our bounds. One great way to do this is by taking on a little bit more of a coaching role than that of the quote-unquote expert. Yeah. Ben Benjamin has a great article, Coaching Clients for Improved Self-Care, and we'll link to it in the show notes, but he suggests therapists get permission for having the discussion, inquire and reflect more than they advocate, remain curious, and focus on solutions rather than problems. I love this. Yeah. I know I have another massage therapist friend who she never gives advice. She instead shares solutions that have worked for her in her own personal life, which is kind of what you were saying earlier, Becca. Um, and it's, it's, it's always a little bit of a delicate balancing act. Ethically, we have certain parameters, but we all know how much self-care between sessions can improve a client's treatment results. Therefore, figuring out how to recommend things in an ethically way is super, super important. All that aside, we must be aware of how open our clients are to receiving post-care recommendations. Some seek it out while others don't. And remember, we are always wanting to give a client-centered session. This applies to the treatment as well as the suggestions we might give for post-care. I could not agree more, Allie. Not all clients are looking for those post-care suggestions. And Personally, sometimes I get really annoyed when a therapist throws the fix-it book at me after a massage. If I ask for recommendations, that's your opening, but otherwise, keep it brief. And I feel like that's probably the case with most clients. I don't know if you've had that experience where Allie, a therapist, will just almost spend like 15 to 20 minutes with you after a massage giving you just a laundry list of things to do that is just overwhelming and unnecessary. Yeah, I think there's nothing worse than a know-it-all, <laughs> personally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so getting to the question, do I personally recommend yoga? And I'd say sometimes I do, but sometimes I don't. I have one client who has Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, EDS, 
And one of the symptoms of this syndrome is hypermobility. For So for someone like her, I would never recommend yoga. Stretching or practicing yoga for someone like this can do far more damage than good. Anytime someone has hypermobility, whether from a syndrome or a pregnancy, I would be careful to suggest yoga. Not to say that these populations of people can't practice yoga. I certainly practiced yoga when I was pregnant, but I had to be really careful not to push myself too hard or I'd pay for it later. I remember one day when I was pregnant, I went to a yoga class and that night I was taking a bath and my hips were so relaxed from the combination of the yoga class and the bath that they simply stopped working. I actually had to get help to get out of the tub because it was, you know, it was just that bad. And it was definitely one of my more pathetic pregnancy moments. (laughs) What an experience to have, though, you know, to really broaden your perspective on how it might land in a client. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think a lot of times these personal experiences that we have just really open our eyes to what our clients are dealing with. So as much as I hate some of these moments that, you know, it, it's, it's helpful because it, it really does broaden our perspective. Yeah. So then there are the clients who I see who truly could benefit from yoga. Typically what I like to do if someone fits that bill is to share, like, like Becca said, share a teacher who I've had a positive experience with. Uh, This way they can learn from the masters, not just someone online. I actually find myself suggesting yoga more for clients with anxiety or stress issues. Those who need to slow down, practice mindfulness and deep breathing techniques, more so than those needing it for physical reasons. So with your yoga background, I feel like you probably have some thoughts, Becca. Yeah, um, I so I occasionally will recommend a yoga pose specifically to a client. Uh, usually I'll suggest an, an investigation on the client's part to deepen their understanding of breath work or their core via Pilates or bar and suggest an instructor that I like. Um, if I know that a person already connects with yoga, I will usually recommend like mindfulness around a certain muscle group within a pose or activation of a specific muscle group before stepping into a pose. And that's usually to stabilize uh, an area, a joint, um, or to get something turned on as they're working, uh, as they're working it in their normal yoga practice. But this, you know, I've, this is after extensive training uh, in yoga and teaching for a number of years. So to echo you, right. Allie, I usually find myself recommending yoga to my clients that are looking for balance in uh, stress or or in anxiety um, in their own life. And I mean, this brings up something that I'm not always, you know, super proud of, but I have to admit, like when I first started practicing massage, I was so eager to help my clients and sound like I knew what I was talking about uh, to instill this trust in them or, or for them in me that some of my post-care guidance, it wasn't always appropriate and it didn't always land well because I was just regurgitating something that I had heard or learned in class or I didn't really understand the whole process. I totally get this. I think sometimes when we first get out of school, we're so eager to prove ourselves and prove to ourselves that we reach a little bit to suggest something regardless of whether it is actually indicated or not. Yeah, yeah. And it can be 
it, it can be, it can be harmful. Um, especially yeah. in a medical or a clinical setting where people are really, you know, they see you as a medical professional. Um, so you really have right. to be cautious about what kind of home care you're offering to your clients. Cause they'll take it just like they'll take that, you know, <laughs> that antibiotic from their, from their doctor. Through those early experiences, I learned that it's really okay and preferable to state. I'm not sure or I don't know. Or even, and I've said this, because some people can be really demanding with wanting a, a recommendation or post care that they can do. It's okay to say, I understand that you're really looking for some guidance on this, but truly it is out of my scope of practice. And that's okay. And then maybe refer them to someone whose scope of practice it would be in or where they might be able to research it on their own. And that brings me to like another point. I do feel that as massage therapists, we can really get people to connect with their bodies. And that might be our really our special superpower. If a client Woo-hoo! is really yeah, right, <laughs> if a client is really interested and they really want to know during a session, I'll tell them what muscle I'm working on, describing its origin and insertion as well as the action that it's performing and why that's important to me in addressing their spe- the specific concerns that they came in with. And this educational piece creates an intelligence in the client's experience that deepens their relationship to their own body that helps them make informed decisions when deciding what self-care is appropriate for themselves. And really, I, I feel like that last piece is all we can do is help them make informed decisions when deciding what to do with their own body in reference to home care and self-care look within, right? And that's, that's, that's what yoga teaches as well. And sometimes that's the best way we can help our clients on their discovery journeys. By educating them about what we do know, they can dive into their own self-care from a more informed position. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I feel like if you can speak to, and, and this is echoing you, Allie, but if you can speak to that post-care technique from your own experience, that is always the guiding factor for what is and isn't appropriate to suggest for our clients. And if you're going to do that, I mean, take from my mistakes, <laughs> know exactly what muscles, joints, connective tissue are involved in a specific movement and stretch and know how it will affect the body as well as what muscles to engage to create safety in the stretcher movement. We are soft tissue specialists and we have a really great opportunity to empower our clients through information, not prescription. And that's one of the things that I, I drew me to massage and that I love about massage. Yeah. I've had quite a few injuries in my life and as sucky as every one of them has been every time that I have one I try to think about the silver lining and remind myself that I will be able to better understand and inform my clients in a more educated way even if it's just knowing other practitioners to recommend I feel like every surgery every PT visit Every chiropractic adjustment allows me to have a broader perspective on healing and increase my network for referrals. Yep, we're just broadening our network. Agreed, Allie. 
And just to share a few, are, are you ready to start sharing maybe some uh, favorite self-care po- post-care go-tos? Yeah, for sure. Some of my favorite, I love, love, love the silicone cups and the rad roller system. Yeah, I like the rad rollers too. Yeah, personally, like I use them all the time, which again brings it back. Like, I mean, it makes it really easy to suggest them uh, to clients if you have a personal experience. But it also offers that educational piece uh, to help our clients discover and look into what role the fascia plays in their own body in their pain management. Some of the other things I also love helping uh, clients create rituals in their in their lives with, you know, precious stones, semi-precious stones, meditation, and breath work. And sometimes I'll offer a mudra and an affirmation. And for the most part, that's not really going to step out of scope, I think. What do you yeah. think? Well, I mean, I think, you know, you have gone the extra mile to get some of that yoga training. And so I think, you know, some of the things that you're bringing in are from the fact that you've increased your knowledge base. And I think that gets back to my point that if you, if you feel like there's something that you really want to recommend or you want to be able to help share with your clients, if you get that extra education, you can share those things with your client with more knowledge. And I think that's the biggest thing when we're thinking about the ethics of it all is that we just don't want to inform our clients of something that we aren't truly versed in. That's true. That's true. I mean, if you're not a meditation person, then you wouldn't want to recommend meditation (laughs) or a mudra if it's not your thing. I mean, if you haven't had any personal experience with it, if it's just something you read about or haven't, you know, received any kind of training in, you know, I think that that's when you start to do harm. And above all else, our, our jobs are to do no harm. So that's important to keep that in our mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. The self-care techniques that I'm a really big fan of, I love foam rollers. I'm a huge, huge foam roller fan. And I think part of the reason that I like the foam rollers is because they're so simple. And often in self-care journeys, people get a little bit lost in the complexity of some of the some of the things that we try to recommend at times. And so I think that sometimes keeping it really simple is keeps it more attainable and it our clients will actually do the exercises. So I, I love the foam roller. Yeah. Um, I'm also a big fan of Epsom baths and deep breathing techniques. As a bit of a side note, I I have to go on a little bit of a tangent. <laughs> so my dad is a pretty successful entrepreneur and he often gets asked for business advice. And it's it kind of cracks me up because he gets downright angry when someone doesn't take his advice. <laughs> so much so that my mom made him a plaque that he is hanging in his office that says, don't be an asshole. <laughs> but the thing is, we're going to get assholes in our profession. You know, the type of people who are constantly asking for advice on how to alleviate this pain or strengthen that muscle, yet they never take our suggestions. We might give the most well-thought-out, researched advice, and they're not going to implement any of our suggestions. This is the definition of an asshole. Now, depending on how badly this bothers you, you may have to fire some clients. 
I've known a few therapists who terminated relationships with clients because they weren't making progress on their healthcare needs because they weren't doing the necessary self-care, the self-care that that therapist had recommended. So depending on where you're at in your career, you may or may not be able to be this selective with your clients, but it's something to consider and know that clients are not always going to implement the suggestions we give them. I love this, Allie. Freaking assholes. (laughs) Right? (laughs) They can be so draining and just waste your time, which... I mean, our time does have a dollar amount attached to it, so let's not forget to factor that in. How much time are you spending at home researching info for that client that will never use it? How much time are they sucking up after a treatment, asking this and that, and never doing anything about it? Ugh, bye-bye. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Well, to wrap this episode up, yoga is it appropriate to recommend for post-care for our massage clients? And the answer is, that depends. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Know what the issue is and know why you would be recommending it. And speak from personal experience. So we love feedback, you guys. Thank you, Madison, so much for this uh, inspiring question. And if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, please let us know. Thank you so much for listening. And please reach out to us if you have any questions or topics you would like covered. We love suggestions. Find us at www.alignwiththemassagebusinessmama.com. Also, we wouldn't hate it if you were inclined to share or review our episode. Until next time, stay healthy, massage therapists.